0: Hey, uh, uh, after about 20 minutes of trying to figure out how to intro this episode, we just decided to say that one, we watched Night of a Thousand Cats and two, uh, it's, it's really strange and there's no way to properly introduce this movie. So I don't know, Greg, like edit the music in, I guess.
1: Stabby Hey
0: everybody, welcome to another episode of Stabby Stabby. Um, we've actually taken to referring to it as a Eric, you described it at one point as like a, a book club for horror movies, and I really like that a lot. So I think that's how that's how I've been describing it to people. Uh, welcome to Stabby Stabby. It's a a, bl- a book club, but for horror movies and thriller movies, because who reads books in 2021? My name's Dan, and I'm one of your hosts. Uh, tonight, I'm drinking some hard seltzers, because you know what? Sometimes you want 5% alcohol, and you only want 100 calories getting it. Eric, what are you drinking tonight?
2: I'm drinking a, um, what am I drinking? Oh, an original Reaper from Half Acre. It's a stout, old school stout, like coffee and chocolate. Nothing too
3: nice. fancy. It's the second weekend. Oh in man, a that nobody's thrown to me. I keep,
0: I, I keep forget, <laughs> I keep forgetting Greg's here. Honestly, <laughs> well, I'm, Jesus. I'm Greg.
3: It's fine. It's Greg, fine. it's my job.
2: It's my job, and I keep, I keep screwing that up.
3: It, it happens. <laughs> um, well, I am Greg, uh, <laughs> and I'm drinking a Rusty Rail Brewing Snowflyer, a chocolate hazelnut porter. Because uh, it is cold outside and snowy right now. And Rusty Rail is kind of like your friendship with me
0: and Eric. That yeah. Way.
3: Yeah, you can lean on it, but it's going to get shit all over your hands. Yeah. It was It was also your nickname in high school. <laughs> That's true. is that,
0: that a rusty trombone? Well. <laughs> all these things are rusty and worth delving into. Do you want to talk about like sexual permutations of rust, or do you want to talk about Night of a Thousand Cats?
3: It's about the same thing. Okay, that sounds good, yeah, this week we watched Night of a Thousand Cats, and we have all seen this movie several times at this point. um I remember it being a lot of fun from when we watched it as a group um and uh yeah we'll we'll get a lot more into this movie um, but I will say i'm I'm glad I watched it two or three times this week because I cannot watch it again for a couple more years. <laughs> And, and maybe return to it later. You hit your saturation point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good at this point. But you're I am glad. Cats. I am glad that we are bringing another movie in with Hugo Stakelitz. Yeah. And I think hopefully our audience appreciates that.
2: And the same director as Ventura. Right?
3: That's right, Renee Cardona Jr. I think they're they're both
0: proving, both director and star alike, to be international treasures to us. They're just wonderful. And really, honestly, if it wasn't for Hugo Stieglitz's... Am I saying his name right? Stieglitz? Stieglitz? Yeah, I, do, I say Stieglitz. Yeah. No, Stieglitz? Keep,
2: keep Stieglitz. I like that. Stieglitz.
0: <laughs> if it wasn't for Hugo Stieglitz, uh, and his just like... He has that charisma that... It's not natural charisma. It's like... He figured out how to do charisma and he just does it so hard. Yeah. Right. Well And it, it works. D- it totally works. I'm not I'm not dragging on him. I, I wish I was him.
2: I'm not gonna say he's got a lot of rain or expressiveness, but he's No. He's kind of just cool being there on screen. His beard's cool.
3: He is cool. I mean that's that's the thing about him. I don't know if there's a lot of charisma in this movie from him. Um, unless Charisma is a helicopter. <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> hey, he's uh, he's still acting. He's at 80 years old, I did a little... Damn, good for him. I wonder if Googling. we could talk
3: to him. Now, actually, in this movie, um, so in Tintorera, his, his dialogue, I believe, is mostly dubbed, right? Um, in Thousand Cats, it looks like he's speaking English.
2: Oh, man, I don't know. I just thought it was dubbed, but... I'm, not even I'm pretty sure, sure anymore. it's dubbed. Yeah,
3: All I'm right. pretty sure it's dubbed, actually. Yeah, it, was, it was a good dub. It was a good dub. Or also, just the DVD we watched is just absolute poor quality, so it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but- the quote-unquote transfer
0: was somebody aiming a VHS camcorder at a TV playing, like, a reel-to-reel.
2: It's a bad transfer.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, there's a... Um, I don't know if you guys looked into it. There's, so, there's a... Came out in '72, like the Mexico release, 93 minutes. The one I watched, I think the same one you guys watched, was released in the states in '74, 63 minutes. So there's a quite a bit cut out of it.
0: From what I understand, it's probably for the best.
2: Yeah, so um, I I couldn't watch the two versions because I just didn't feel like watching rewatching the movie <laughs> again. I was like, like you, Greg, I'm good probably for a couple years, or I need to do it with like a group of people drinking, not mm-hmm. uh, just by myself. Um, but from what I understand is the opening act is chopped off. So very similar to Tintorera. Instead of going through and like artistically cutting out the pieces that make sense, they just chop like the first 10 minutes off. Um, so yeah, I don't want to, I can tell you what it is later. I don't want to get into it before you start your.
3: Yeah, that'll be interesting yeah. to know because there, I do have questions around his character and his motivations and things like that. Um, but you know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's just jump in. Let's jump into the discussion.
1: Now let's get to the
3: plot. So the movie opens up on Hugo and a woman. They're just, they, they were, they're kissing, they're making out. Um, it shows a bunch of different vacation type activities that they're doing, um, like Lots water skiing, butts. uh, horseback riding, swimming, things like that. Um, they fly around in a helicopter, uh, they fly over a big estate. They show us a lot of this estate, and I'm skipping eight minutes of this movie because it's just vacation footage. Um, and they, they, they land at the estate, and they go up to the door, and they knock. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, is this, wait, this place, place?
0: I'm sorry. Can I, can I interrupt really quick? Mm-hmm. You, you just skipped over that opening scene when they're, they're, it opens with him and a woman on, like, a vacation resort. And the woman says something like,
1: I would like to stay with you forever. On that, we
0: agree. And I would like you to
1: stay with me. But in a place where no one could touch you. For example, in a crystal cage.
0: And he holds his glass up to the uh, camera so that her head is framed inside the crystal cage. And I just I just wanted to mention that just to give the movie some credit for some foreshadowing. They didn't have to give us any substance, but they gave us that. I'll take it.
2: Dan, I, re- I, I got the same note. Uh, I, I think it's the beginning of many artfully shot wine glass transitions. <laughs>
3: yeah, absolutely. It's a My- motif. My my favorite one I think is coming up um in the movie. Um uh, but it yeah, it is with the with this first girl. Um but yeah, so they they end up at his home, which I guess is a giant estate or castle type thing, and you're introduced to the second coolest character in the movie, his um mentally challenged butler Dorgo. <laughs> Is he mentally challenged? Yeah, I guess he is. He's a, he's a simple fellow.
0: Yeah, yep. He does he talk? Is he mute? Like I don't. Does he he dialogue?
3: Okay. I don't yeah. think he has any actual dialogue, but um, he does grunt a lot or like moan things like that.
2: So um, so Greg, I'm sorry. So we're in Mexico. We're in Acapulco, right?
3: I, I have no idea. Is is that I, where it takes place?
2: <laughs> I, I believe so. I think that's where that at least the vacation. Footage, All that stock stuff, similar to Tenteraire, it's another vacation location.
0: And there's something about the um, castle that he lives in. Like, he arrives at the castle, and the place is... How to put this? I feel like (laughs) there's so many of these bad movies, you can tell that filmmakers had access to something and then decided to make a movie around it. And I really feel like they knew where some old, shitty ruins in the woods were and they're like let's just shoot a movie using these shitty old ruins and that's what they did like it it's it's not even run down like it used to be run down and it it's it's past that point the <laughs> building that they're shooting outside of yeah it's
2: a cool location i think it might be a m- monastery like an old monastery or something
3: sort of looks like but dan you're you're definitely right um movies back then or even now um so charles i think it's charles band from um full moon pictures um he owned the castle that castle freak is filmed in and they filmed a bunch of other movies there as well because it's essentially a free location where they can just rent it from him um so that is definitely what they do all your sets in one spot uh but they do land they the dorgo lets him in and immediately creeps out the girl that he's with who i think this is the one girl in the movie that we hear her name it's krista I believe. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, so he immediately creeps her out. I'm sorry. It's his face. The cold stare. Somehow he scares me.
1: My dear, it's your imagination. Dorgo is an excellent butler. He's obedient and as faithful as a cat.
2: Can we talk about Dorgo just a little bit more for a second? Um, so he's he looks like Uncle Fester, right? He's...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: So I looked up his I looked up his name is Gerardo Zapeta. He, so he's a professional wrestler uh, before he became an actor. He's been over three hundred films, a uh, forty year career. He was in El Topo.
0: Oh damn! Really?
2: Like he as Bandito Number Four. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. He was in Cyclone, which Greg, I think we watch at one of your your horror fests, which is another Renee Cardona Junior film. Mm-hmm. Which has Hugo in it as well, yep. and he was in um, uh, Night of the Bloody Apes, uh, which was directed by Rene's father.
3: Oh, oh, awesome! Um, that's a pretty fun movie. Yeah, he must have been the the like monkey killer,
2: the monster. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last thing about him, real quick, he in an interview he described the type of characters that he plays. As he said, normally I play the mean bastard. I, th- I thought that that was pretty cool. Hmm.
3: Well, his character in this freaks out Krista. She tells Hugo about it. And he basically is like, no, Dorgo's a really nice guy. He, he's, he's good to me. He, he does everything around here. Um, he ends up telling her.
1: I inherited him along with this monastery. It was built in 1600 by the Carmelite Order of Nuns. It's been in my family over 150 years. All of my ancestors had a mania for collecting. Stamps coins, porcelains and weapons. They covered the walls with their valuable collections. But I donated everything to several museums so that everyone could appreciate them. But my collection is going to be the most original and interesting of all.
3: You will see it. Which is again another thing that you know you'll find out more about later. Um it's it's Funko Pops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Dorgo is also described um, by Hugo as faithful as a cat That's what he says to the girl but, you know, faithful the- and
0: playful as a cat doesn't he say playful yeah. as well
2: yeah. as the old saying goes
0: <laughs> really strange it's, it's one of the many ways that this movie goes out of its way to make itself confounding like to make it so hard to read just like dropping a line like that where like oh yes he's just like a cat and then you're thinking, oh, maybe later on, we'll, there'll be a scene with Dorgo like chasing a mouse or something. It'll be relevant to the plot. No, no, you just throw that, that line be... out there, and make you think about that, but it never actually amounts to anything. I would have loved to see Dorgo chasing a mouse.
2: Dorgo's also in like a priest wizard robe, he got like an Aleister Crowley with a
3: that thing for going on. Fits the old monastery feel of uh, the house. Well, did you did you catch that the
0: monastery was yeah. passed down in their family, and he said that Dorgo came with it. Yeah, he, he came yeah, with the house.
2: That's right. He came with the house. Poor Dorgo. <laughs> awesome. Definitely getting, like, I was getting occult vibes. Not that there's any payoff in that space at all. But I thought that's you where we were heading.
0: Dorgo gives me Hodor it. vibes. Right? From Game of Thrones. That dude? Yeah. Totally.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Not that I watched that show. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: You don't have to be ashamed of it. No. Um,
0: no I d- yeah, I don't <laughs> know why I said that.
3: Apparently, I'm ashamed of it. <laughs> I, I, I liked it um yeah so they eat dinner which dorgo has prepared um i think hugo says that dorgo's specialty is meat um and while they're eating dinner a cat jumps up on the table and hugo grabs the cat takes it to another room and just chucks it over this like huge high wall into a pen just full of cats our titular thousand cats Um, and he, it's all in one shot where he throws the cat up and the camera just follows the cat until it lands, you know, thankfully on all its feet on the ground. Um, but that, yeah, I don't, can't really get away with that nowadays. Just throwing a cat, you know, 30 feet in the air.
2: Yeah. It might be a good time to mention that uh, similar to Tintorera that this director is definitely has a history with some animal abuse. So, uh, there's a couple scenes that are probably rough. I don't know if it landed on its feet. I'm not quite sure, Greg. I don't know. Uh, it, it looked, looked like it, it, it looked like feet to me. It was it was I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Uh that dinner. it, yeah. it was just a slab of gray yeah. meat. There was no veggies, no starch. Definitely not well balanced. It was and I guess we could talk about that later after your what yeah. what was actually being. Uh, but
3: this the dinner scene, like after he throws the cat into the pen and they come back and they're eating and drinking, um, you, you see a glass kind of pass, uh, by the camera and it frames this like weirdest cat face, or I think it might be a stuffed cat. I couldn't tell cause it yeah, never a, moved, but it's a taxidermied cat. Okay. Um, but it just has this ridiculous yeah, yeah, like, totally. grin on its face. Uh, and it looks amazing. Um, so after dinner, he does take her to, uh, one special room, um, that he says, you know, only two P pe- I think it's here. He says like, only two people know about this. So I'll, I'm going to show you. And it turns out it's basically his murder room and he unveils, um, just a, a table with heads in, uh, glass cases and she freaks out and he strangles her. Um, and then <laughs> wow. You are just blowing through this plot. You There's not, not that talk much going. Movie?
0: There, yeah, 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 dude, yeah I, I got a lot. Let's back up. Here to that you're where do
3: we want to back up?
2: I'm to uh, talk about I'd dinner. like to go back to the uh, right after. Yeah, I, there's, we, we're not going to talk about the comically large. Or, or can we talk about. Can we, wait,
0: can we go back to the, the cat pit for a minute? <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm sorry
3: that I skipped over things. <laughs>
0: <Let's do> it. <laughs> no, it's all right. We're all in this together. I just want to say that it's it's like the first time as a kid when you see like somebody in a TV show actually splay out what $1000 looks like and you're like oh oh okay that's not that much i think like just to see it laid out uh it, it's one thing to hear a thousand cats but then when you see like a big concrete room that has a thousand cats in it you're just like oh okay
2: yeah that's- well cuz it was like Two hundred cats. Yeah, yeah. That's that's big. That's being generous.
0: The 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 single cat on the cover of the DVD is scarier than the prospects of me wandering into that room. Like if, if I was in a like a, a I was gonna say a hospital. If I was in any <laughs> bit like large building, wandering around like trying to find the receptionist desk, like lost. If I turned a corner and wound up inside of that cage full of cats, I would like kind of be a delighted. I, I would definitely pet a bunch <laughs> of them. I wouldn't be freaked out. And it was like the murder room of, of the whole place. It was so funny.
2: Yeah, the reveal's great, because it's just like, Hugo's a crazy cat lady.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it must really smell, that basement. Seriously, so, Yeah,
3: slick. that's what I thought as well.
2: So those glasses were awesome. They were, I guess they were brandy glasses or something, but they were like the size of someone's head.
3: Yeah, they're absolutely huge. Maybe that was on purpose.
0: Well, do you remember in that opening scene when he like holds the glass in front of the camera and frames the woman's face through it? That was also, like all of the glasses they use... Like, when you when he says they're Pee-wee Herman glasses, if you palm this glass, it would go out past all your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's smaller than a basketball, but bigger than a glass. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you could pour, like, maybe two bottles of wine in one of these things and not spill while you're, like, running across the kitchen floor or something. I'm trying to find new, interesting ways to describe how comically large these glasses were. <laughs> this is now a glass podcast. <laughs>
2: uh, and the trophy animals... There was a discussion where he was like, "My dad captured these animals."
0: That's right, and And that line.
2: Yeah, he's like, I I think he enjoyed enjoyed stuffing them them more than than killing them. them. Uh, Yeah, I cracked up laughing on that one. It's pretty great.
0: I almost feel like in this opening section of the movie, they, they introduce like all of these compelling pieces. Okay, he's like a playboy that comes from money, lives in monastery with I I I like a person. Are we sure that Dorgo's a human? I don't know. <laughs> like all all these weird puzzle pieces putting like falling into place, and then the rest of the movie is helicopter footage,
3: essentially. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, we're getting to that soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they you were saying that he brings her into the murder room, and the murder room is also just delightful because it's this big, garish red. Like it's it's not even red. It's clearly like I said, it's past the stage of decomposition this building that they're shooting inside of and then to make it look like a castle they like nail red cloth to the walls around the room like it's just not a good look and it's not comfortable
2: (laughs) I, i was thinking that too they also later on there's like bolted doors like this where they let people in and it seems like it's secure but i'm pretty sure it's falling apart you could just like step over the side of a wall with your foot and go inside
0: like there, there has already been a hundred years where this building was open to tourists. That's how far past its its initial use. Yeah. It is, and it's now since been closed and is also broken down. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Actually, if anything, just watching this movie for the scenes running around the castle. Like the, the castle is the best part of the whole movie. Everything in the castle is super fun. It's leaving the castle when things just get terrible.
3: Yeah, the castle is interesting. It it definitely has. <sighs> There, there's a point in, in the movie where he takes someone down to like another room and it literally just looks like caverns. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's cool. It's like yeah. a muddy dungeon in the yeah. basement.
2: And Dorgo's got to keep all those candles lit. Like, that's a lot of
0: work. He is a very talented butler. Very well trained. Yeah, he knows what he's doing.
3: He's probably got a routine. You know, you go from certain room to room every morning. You go just, or uh, Dorgo just beats Hugo there to make sure that the candles are lit.
2: Did we talk about how Hugo's name is Hugo? <laughs>
3: no. We don't have to. <laughs> it's always nice when the main character is just named after the actor. It definitely isn't lazy at all.
2: It keeps things easy.
3: Well, yes. Move it along. All right, Greg, where are we at? All right. Oh. So, yes, Dan. Oh, I just,
0: you already said that they wanted a murder room and revealed a bunch of heads, but they wanted a murder room with a giant blanket draped over a, a table with a, this huge square in the middle of it. And the whole, there's like 60 seconds of dialogue where the two of them banter about absolutely nothing. And the whole time, there's this big blanketed square on a table. And it drove me nuts. Like, they did <laughs> build tension there, uh, but frustratingly. It felt like laziness. I wasn't
3: even sure they were going to reveal what was under it. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, just a bunch of beautiful heads underneath that blanket. And I believe, I think he tells her that they're like, oh, don't be scared. They're just wax heads.
1: (laughs) Don't be afraid. They're only made of wax. Let's get out of here, Hugo. It's horrible.
3: Yeah. It's just part of my collection. And then they start making and out. he tries to comfort her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he just strangles her with, I think, her own, like, neckerchief. Yeah. Yeah. She dies <laughs> um, instantly. She
2: dies in, like, five seconds.
3: Yeah. Um, there's that, Like, see, she did die pretty quickly, but I felt like the strangling was fairly violent and there's also like another violent uh murder later in the movie oh yeah Uh, in the woods yeah Yeah. that's good yeah maybe Um, maybe
2: he drugged her with the giant cognac glass maybe that's what was in there
3: maybe maybe um it would make sense um why she wouldn't just leave after having to deal with dorgo at all what was the what was the name of
0: the uh this is a total aside, but it's more interesting. What was the name of the guy that directed a, uh, um, the Patrick Stewart white supremacy movie? Is oh, that, uh, uh, Green. Sonya Green Room. Yes, yes, Green Room. Sonia. Yes, that's his name. He did a, a Blue Ruin, all of his movies. He has that adage that, um, like violence of consequence is fast, and and brutal, and all of his violence is really impactful because of that. And uh, this movie. It's like silly slapstick, and then when violence happens, I, actually, it isn't fast; it lingers. But the violence is brutal. Yeah. Like contrast wise, it goes from silly playboy movie to like I'm re- legitimately worried about the actress in the drowning scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We'll get we'll get to that. Um. But after he kills her, um, you see Hugo kind of at the above the, um, the cat pen, and he's just chucking raw meat from, like, a big container and just throwing it into the cat pen and Gorgo and helps him at one point. Um, and um, then it's the introduction, uh, reintroduction of Hugo in the helicopter. Hey, um Greg,
2: sorry. Mm-hmm. Just, so before <laughs> you, we get to the helicopter... Yeah,
3: please feel free uh, to stop. Because, you're just blowing over all the um, good stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I, there's just a couple things that just bothered me that I thought we should talk about. There's one... so. I think they're eating human flesh at, at dinner, first of all. Yes, it right? uh, so, would be the assumption. Yeah. yeah, so there's a close-up of him chewing after the Hamburger Helper stuff gets thrown in the pit, and it looks it's like this little curved knife. Um, so I'm assuming he's eating her flesh before he chucks it in the... while they're throwing it to the cats? Yeah. Okay. And then, I think so. And then this is the first scene where Dorgo uh, burns a body.
3: Yeah, I mean that comes after you see Hugo in the helicopter, and then you see uh, oh, okay. Dorgo. Okay, yeah. So I was gonna get there. Oh, okay. I'm jumping, that. jumping ahead. Okay. because um, I have a question about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Dorgo is carrying what is essentially a full human body size, wrapped in a white blanket, and shoving it into a furnace. Um, but the assumption is that they one cut the head off, and it actually looks like the head was removed from that body. If you look at the shape.
2: I like that you're really checking the, checking it out.
3: Well, yeah, I have to, uh, and um, <laughs> but it still looks like maybe they like just cut the legs off or something, and then took the meat from there because there's a, a full torso in there. So I don't know what they're where they're getting the meat from. Maybe it's just ask me. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Th-
0: this is what I was saying earlier about how they they introduce all these pieces, but then they don't they never fit together. Because, like, you could, he says Dorgo's great with meat and he treats him like he's a chef, and Dorgo walks around with the platter and all that stuff. And even when you see him eating while he's feeding the cats the hamburger helper like it's like a piece of filleted meat. It's not hamburger that he's eating. Right. It's like a, right, it's like it's like turkey the, or the sirloin. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as the, as though Dorgo part of his job is to not just grind up the woman but to like dress her down like you would like a deer or something like that. This is gruesome, but right, that, that's kind of what the movie implies. Yeah. yeah. But that totally. but then the movie shoots itself in the foot, by. You're totally right. Like I could I could see an argument where maybe he carved off the best of her and then that's what they ate. And then they threw away, like you would throw away the gizzards of a Turkey or something like that. So like the skeleton and the guts were what was wrapped up there and and, and incinerated. But then that would, why would you chew up just the meat in the hamburger grinder? Like they would have fed all that to the cats. So it just, it undercuts everything.
2: Yeah. And there's also when he puts his hand in like the hamburger helper, like it, it's a lot. It's like a full of it. So the, the one thing I thought was interesting is, um, after he incinerates her, uh, he has her scarf and then he mm-hmm. he smells it, and it's almost like a trophy like you, like a serial killer would take a trophy, and that happens again later with somebody else. Yeah, but I thought that was it.
0: I think they both like I always think of uh, these serial killer movies as like one of the killer's kinks, like all the killers have that thing, keep it a trophy or whatever. Uh, Hugo's, Hugo's got like five kinks in this movie, like he flies around with his helicopter and wants to abduct people, which we'll get to he eats people he <laughs> feeds people to cats he yeah. like uh, what's that he hunts people like he, he he intentionally well we'll get there i guess i don't understand hugo he, he loves can't be everything he loves he's everything
2: giant novelty wine glasses
0: big <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. sunglasses
2: or some do beer- you think they
0: were drinking people they're drinking fermented people there's some they beard, beard
2: stroking too that's coming up too that we didn't get.
3: you're gonna have to interrupt because I didn't write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I will interrupt because actually that
0: I I thought that was pretty important to the plot of the movie. Let's get there. I, I interpret that as like, didn't you guys see that as he's, he sees the kid as being potentially good cat food. So they keep showing like him eyes, girl cats, him eyes, girl cat. Like it was either they're, they're juxtaposing the kid to be feline to him or He's a crazy guy that wants to feed the kid to his cats. Either way, it seemed like he was weirdly obsessed with the idea of this kid becoming food for his cats.
3: Yeah, and he becomes, like, this kid plays into the movie, kind of. Um, Like, she she shows up again a couple times. Um, But it is, it was strange, because it didn't really fit what I thought maybe his motive is, which isn't incredibly clear to begin with, but um, he didn't it was never implied that he kidnapped and murdered kids.
2: Yeah, it seemed that completely out of place. Oh, also, everybody seemed okay with a helicopter hovering yeah. over their pool, like, yeah. two inches off of the water. <laughs> like, no one called the cops, no one motioned for them to get off their property. They're all just, like, waving at him and smiling.
3: Yeah, maybe it's just because it was a small helicopter. I kept thinking about, like, if you ever see a commercial
0: on, like, YouTube for a drone... That you see people flying drones around and all the people around the person flying the drone are just like, wow, cool. Check out that cool drone, like pointing and smiling. But in real life, if somebody flew a drone around in a public place, you'd be like, guy, come on. Like, I'm walking here, and I don't want to lose an eyeball. Can you go away? (laughs) Like, you just be annoyed and kind of maybe, like, a little anxious that there's this thing. No, in this movie's logic, a guy can be hovering around in a full-sized helicopter in your backyard, and, like, the homeowner is sitting out there with all of his shit being blown around, just be like, whoa, cool, like, smiling and waving. Meanwhile, his, like, furniture's flying off the top of their high-rise apartment. (laughs) Right, yeah.
2: Tails are being thrown. Exactly. (laughs) Uh what the one thing I wanted to mention, uh, Greg, you're talking about people's names. Uh I was just looking up some of the actors and actresses and so the, the mom of the, the little girl, uh, her name is Kathy. But the but the girl's name is Kathy. <laughs> so that's be a really confusing household. The the mom's <laughs> name is uh the actress is Angenette uh comer, I guess her last name is. She was in the baby. Which is a movie Ooh. about you know that movie yeah uh, Greg, yeah and then she was in Dead of Night the uh, Dan Curtis anthology in the vamp the vampire segment
3: who did she play in the baby did she play like the social worker yes yep okay yep do we do we watch the baby at one of the marathons no it, mm. I don't really like it that much it's weird but like the joke it's it's kind of a one note thing you know uh, it's you- a, it's about an adult who's kind of still a baby i love it i mean we watched adult babies i guess but that's an entirely <laughs> yeah, different that's movie. a different
2: movie yeah <laughs> uh, but I, I just love the kathy kathy thing just to add to the weirdness of this mu- movie like hugo hugo you know.
0: i didn't realize that do you do you think this movie had a screenplay like for real do you think somebody wrote a script for this movie
3: just uh, gut instinct no, man i i think some- somebody wrote a script but Um, I I was telling Dan before we started recording, I initially was going to try to count the lines of dialogue, um, and I got to about like 33, and I was like, all right, there's more than I thought there was, but um, it's not much of a a, a dialogue-heavy movie. There's just something about
0: making a choice like the mom and the daughter having the same name that feels intentional, feels like it means something, but the movie... Just doesn't pay it off. It doesn't take you there. It just tells you something
3: interesting and then moves on and hopes you forget about it. I mean, it doesn't even tell you. I had no idea that they had names. Yeah, they're true. never spoken in the entire movie. Yeah, the, I can't remember
2: them saying the mom's name. I know the girl calls for the daughter, calls her Kathy at a couple one point in time when she's missing, which I know we're gonna oh, get there. Okay. But uh, but they don't. I don't remember the mom's name being addressed. It seems to me like the whole movie's built around having access to a helicopter. like In yeah, an old <laughs> castle. In a castle, yeah, yeah. Like, somebody had a buddy and is like, dude, I have a helicopter in a castle.
0: And I mean, the he, director was pretty young. But he was probably just messing around with the camera with some friends. And there's
2: all that vacation footage, which is in oh, error yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, so that, you gotta I use agree. that
3: somewhere. Yeah. Adam Sandler didn't invent this game. No, he just perfected it. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Hugo's flying around in a helicopter... Um, like I said, he went to the pool, sees a little girl. He goes to another pool, um, does the same thing where he kind of just flies low. He kind of flies up to an open window in a, um, uh, in a high rise and is watching a woman get dressed. And she, good for her. Shuts the curtain. <laughs> doesn't call anybody. He doesn't have too much of a problem with it, but shuts the curtain. Um, and then it kind of cuts to him being back at home playing chess with Dorgo. <laughs> That's she, she what you do she she closes the curtain and like you said, like she's
0: the one person who responds to a a creepo hovering outside in his like stalker chopper with a little bit of anxiety with like, oh, maybe something heres off. And so she runs over with herself covered with the towel and pulls the curtain shut. And then the camera pulls in on her face as she like looks away and it looks like she's now second guessing like, maybe I should flirt with this guy,
3: well, and I think there's a reason for that. Um, and you kind of get into it. Now, so these three women that he meets quote unquote meets from his helicopter are all in the movie later. Um, right. Cause I, I, I know I texted Dan when I was watching it saying like, I can't keep track of which woman is who. Cause yes, they all look the same. Right. Um, but I do believe that they all kind of come in and there's one scene where it's cutting to different, stif- different scenes with the different women but the conversations are all the same. Yeah, uh, we got which, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that and that's when I was like, "Oh, those were all the women at the beginning."
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, is that what that scene was? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was the same person. I was completely confused by it. She, yeah, she kind of like bites her finger and chuckles to herself, like after, yeah. after she, you know, tells him to get out, like, oh. Yeah, you know, that was kind of nice.
0: And then it's the, the camera slowly fades in. And it almost does like that shimmery effect, like she's daydreaming or something. And it just cuts to it cuts to uh, Hugo and Dorgo. Where were they sitting? Like on the statue's they,
3: head? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if they were on a statue's head, but they were they were sitting out on the, the patio um, or something and uh, playing chess. And Hugo wins, which is not surprising.
2: Oh, not yet, though, right?
3: No, Hugo won. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. I just wanted to mention that he was also, Hugo was smoking like a (laughs) six-foot-long pipe that barely (laughs) fit into the shot. Like, the cameraman had to back up to, like, get it in frame.
3: One of those, like, Cruella DeVille cigarette Yeah,
2: it, like, goes along with the wine glass. Like, it's just a ridiculous prop.
3: Everything is big. Everything is big with Hugo. That's why you had the big boat in the last, in uh, Tintorera. Yeah. I I think, I think it's Hugo's eccentricities that like when I was thinking
0: back on this movie and what I remembered of it, we were talking about like, oh, we're going to watch Night of a Thousand Cats and kind of talking about what we remembered about it. And my first thought was like, um, I, I remember there being, I I was getting a vibe of like a wealthy guy swooping into like monotonous middle-class suburbia and stealing away, um, bored housewives right and then so maybe there's like an undercurrent of horror of like a fear of somebody coming in and, and taking your partner away or something like that um that's not the case at all because all the women that he sweeps away all seem like exorbitantly wealthy and well off so i don't i don't get the choice to give this murderer like eccentric props that are all pointing at him being like a out of touch billionaire when all the people he's hunting are also other out of touch billionaires
3: well I think there's I still think there's a case to be made for that way of viewing the movie, um, because, yes, all these women do seem to come from at least some sort of wealth. But the the main woman we kind of follow with him um, has a husband who's never seems to be home and is always away. Um, so maybe she's just bored. She's bored of taking care of the kid all the time. Clearly, she abandons the child frequently. Yeah,
0: It
2: I just chalked it up to being like the swinging '70s, kind of like Tintorero. You know, everybody was just kind of down to down to get busy.
0: Nice. That's that's equally valid. I feel like in this movie, just on a rewatch, I keep I yeah I keep wanting to see intent in places that uh, just uh, keeps letting me
3: down. Yeah, I I do feel like that's the. The story of this movie <laughs> is that yeah, the... you, you want it to go, you want it to exceed things and it does kind of let you down.
2: If you love helicopters, you'll love this
3: movie.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now there's like train people and horse people. You're a helicopter person. This is the movie yeah. for you.
0: If, if you essentially want to see like the submarine from Gorgo, but flying, there you go. We got one here. All the helicopter sequences
2: are, are at least like two to six minutes long so long
3: and for a 63 minute movie or whatever like that's that's a good chunk of the runtime but yeah now we get to go actually see and a Hugo's charm in action because he's back in his helicopter um, goes back to the house I believe it's the house that has the child and the woman's outside and they start I guess you would call it flirting with him in the helicopter and her by the pool. And they exchange, I think they exchange phone numbers. Um, just by like hand signals.
0: Yeah, they flirt with like special forces room clearing hand signals.
2: <laughs> it's so confusing and long, that scene. Great.
0: Yeah. I got a really good gif out of it though. I think I sent it to you guys the other night. Yeah. It's an outstanding
3: gif. But it, it was interesting that she was like, well, he's back again. I guess... I guess I'm fine with this.
2: I thought she was telling him like what time or like her address or something. I had no idea it was a phone number. That makes a lot more sense that it was a phone number. It looked he, like they, something out of like a Lynch movie. Like the put your yes. hand over your face and wave your hand over. It's blue rose. He,
3: he did do like the rotary phone thing with his fingers, mm, mm-hmm. which that's why I took it as a phone All number. All right. I missed that.
2: I really um, missed
3: that. Yeah. But it could have been. Anything? Well, and really the the heart of the
0: heart of the whole scene is the fact that if you just stalk a woman enough, she'll give in and be pleased
3: to do it. <laughs> right. It's just twice, Dan. Well, <laughs> so no, because be later enough. on we
0: have the remember the the helicopter
3: or the motorcycle scene. Well, that's coming next, and actually, oh, yeah. I had a question about that. So he does. Well, we'll kind of jump into that then. He uh shows up outside of a house on a motorcycle this time, and I believe it's that same woman, right? Oh, yes. um, Ooh, I, I want to say something about this. We'll go on because that's about it.
0: <laughs> oh, well, he's sitting out there. He's sitting out there staring at the gate in front of their like estate. And he's he's sitting on his motorcycle not far away, like maybe what four car lengths away from the entryway to their house. Mm-hmm. And he's just rubbing his mustache with his knuckle in the weirdest way. And I wanted to ask you guys, do you think he was preening himself like a cat
2: oh man that's cool i didn't i didn't pick up on that yeah i like that
0: i think he's preening himself like a cat because that's not the first time when he's on the prowl hunting women that they totally shoot him in in ways that makes him like seem like a a feline on the prowl
2: that's cool man i like that i thought it was like a villain like like twisting his mustache
0: you know like like he's
2: like oh i'm gonna go do something evil but i like the, i like the cat thing
0: yeah. if you if you watch it and think about that what it looks like when a cat like uses the back of its paw to, to push at its whiskers it's the exact same motion like it can't be it could be unintentional I guess but I totally read it like a cat And later on in the jungle scene a lot more cat talk then Nice so like so man now you got me thinking because well no it's just like everything else It's an interesting ingredient that seems intentional but do they do anything with it? I don't. I don't think so. I was just curious if you also saw it.
3: Well, does this speak to his motive then? I don't think so. Because he doesn't have motive? a motive. Well, yeah, so okay. Well, he, let's if... let's get to the end, and then we can talk about Hugo. All right. I'm gonna I want to. to forget what I thought. Open. But um, all right. So we'll just we'll just go ahead and blast through this in five minutes. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Greg just wants to get it over with. He's like, I don't want to. I don't want to relive this trauma again. This is
3: this conversation has already been better than I expected from this movie so you better edit that out <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so he he ultimately he gets uh, she leaves in her car he follows her and she kind of sees somebody following her in her rearview mirror um but then it cuts to he's golfing like uh, he's at like a driving range it looks like mm-hmm. um but but the girl that he's looking at i'm pretty sure isn't the same girl that he was following
2: <laughs> that would, yeah. I I stopped paying attention to who was who. I couldn't so tell them apart.
3: The th- there's three women in this movie that I refer to. It'll be mom, which is the the, the woman with the with the kid, golf girl, who is this girl <laughs> we're meeting now, and then like penthouse girl, who he saw through the the window when she was dressing. The penthouse girl, to. the girl that he goes diving with.
2: I, uh, maybe. And
3: then there's also flashback girl. And there's that's a, the one.
2: There's a girl cares. in the yeah. There's a yeah, yeah. And there's a girl yeah. in the beginning that's cut cut out too.
3: Yeah, I think the one he goes diving with because that's when he says he has a headache, and I think that's penthouse girl. Okay. Yeah, but either way, so I think this is an introduction to a new woman who he wasn't just stalking, but is now kind of being weird too. By the, uh, by the but way, that she likes his golf game so
2: that scene seems like it's from a, like a romantic comedy like another movie like the the two golf balls go in the hole at the same time <laughs> yeah. like it gets all cute there's like bongo music it's
0: yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like Tintorera, how we talked about some of the scenes feel like like the montage in Tinserrera felt like shorthand for a relationship playing out over time cuz it showed that couples like in different combinations yep. and in different poses yep. it, it, there are a couple of shots like that in this movie where i was like i thought like the the golf balls going in the hole at the same time is just like, and
3: they flirted and they're gonna fuck and we'll move on. Yeah, yeah, that it's kind of, oh, it's their yeah. meat cute. Yep. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, but that that was it was weird because it was a new woman and I recognize that it was a new woman even though they look incredibly similar. Um, but yeah, so they are kind of just I guess flirting while, um, golfing, um, and ultimately she ends up back at his place and they bang and then they drink Um, and I don't really you know stop me if there's anything interesting that happened there but I didn't really think there was Um, and then he says like oh I want to take you somewhere and this is when he goes down they start going down to what I call the caverns earlier
1: yeah
2: before that happens isn't there doesn't he parachute the doll to the Kathy the little girl like in between (sighs) for no reason (laughs) Like it's completely out of sequence.
3: I don't. I don't know. It's, no, I I, can't, yeah, I don't know. It it's might be. possible, I'm, but yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's where it is. I, you know, I remember that happening, but yeah, um, anyway. I don't know if I have that written down. That's okay. Um, but yeah, so he uh, he starts taking her down, and then there's a knock at the door, and Dorgo answers, and Hugo comes up with him, and it's an uh, older guy saying like,
1: "Good evening. I'm sorry to bother you. I'm a doctor." I was on my way to visit a patient when my car broke down, and I wondered if you could help me. I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do for you. Now, listen. It's a little girl, and she could be seriously ill. I must get to her right away. I told you there's nothing we can do. Drive them in your car, Hugo. Don't worry about me. I have to leave. Wait. My little girl's home alone
3: it kind of cuts and you see Dorgo I think it's you see Dorgo um kind of throwing away a body uh wrapped up again and oh. he puts it in the uh the furnace and he's uh, he he then kind of pulls out a stethoscope and he puts it in his ears and starts kind of like laughing <laughs> yeah. into it yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, but Dorgo. yeah he is killed off screen so you don't really see it happen but he's the only character where that
2: has a little bit of development. I think that's why we all like the, like him, even though he has no dialogue. At least they did something with him.
0: Yeah, he does have like a little arc, doesn't he?
3: Well, yeah, because he kind of, uh, you, you kind of get a little bit more of his story coming up as well.
2: Right. Um, also, the, the the woman before the doctor comes in, it's the same routine and like procedure, almost like a ritual. Like he gives her the giant wine glass, they drink, they, you know, first they Make love. They drink the giant wine, like it's this, it's it's the same exact setup that happened earlier. In the-
0: As though they had just a pool of women outside, and they just shot the same scene with the same script four times, and decided to sh- make
3: a
2: movie out of it. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll figure it out later.
0: Yeah, they they used audition tapes to make a movie.
3: Yeah, well, and that's why I didn't know if this woman was the same woman from golfing or if it was the mom because she says that she is a kid, but swear it was the golf girl can um, a woman please watch this
0: movie and get back to us it's just three dudes watching these movies and clearly we're out of our depth
3: i really tried to pay attention but they didn't give anybody's names
2: i mean in our defense like i was that way with uh with gorgo i didn't know who i didn't know who any of the guys were in that movie either
3: typically one wore a captain's hat it's easy these are all just brown haired girls
2: it happens when there's no dialogue and no character development you just kind of stop caring after a while
0: and the movie is like 300 by 600 pixels. <laughs> yeah, that was a
3: weird aspect ratio for this movie. So moving on, she, he ultimately ends up back. I think it was back on his motorcycle outside mom's house. And she sees, uh, he sees her with her husband. Um, She, you know, seems affectionate with her husband and uh, they walk in and he, I, I wrote down that he was angry, but I, he actually doesn't show emotion. <laughs> So I don't know if he was angry, but it just seemed to be. And then it kind of starts going back into a flashback,
2: yeah. I believe. Yeah, this is the best part. I, I thought it was the best part of the movie.
3: Yeah, it was it was interesting. It it seemed to show a time when Hugo was actually in love. Um, he's riding with a woman on a horse horse like a, a horse and carriage. Um, they're they're kind of picking flowers and
0: well, don't they establish at the start of the montage that he's already killed before? And it seemed like at the start of the montage, it was like, oh, we're, we're seeing him getting ready to kill again.
2: Yeah. Dorgo Dor- yeah. cuts like a f- the head off of a fly- the top of a flower, and Hugo's like. And he runs and gets her a, a ring and like looks at a painting, and there's clearly like. An old painting that someone just painted a silver ring over yes! it. <laughs> like, like the set designer was like, Yeah, oh, I'll just put
3: that in there. Yeah, he he grabbed a family ring.
0: Yeah. I told Mahali that, oh, it's it's his it's his mom's ring, and she's like, How do you know that? And I was like, it's it's in the painting right behind him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's th- this so movie's li-
3: the one thing this movie's literally showing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Dorgo didn't seem to get the message, um, because as Hugo's gone, uh he' creeps on the woman, she runs away, he's chasing her, ultimately ends up um chasing her into the house where she for some reason just runs up against a wall and screams and falls down and uh Dorgo ends up killing her. Um and uh Hugo is walking out of the house with the with the, the ring ready and Dorgo is just walking up to him kind of laughing to himself while just carrying the dead body towards him um it's pretty great shot. this whole
0: scene is really awesome like the uh, the
3: editing the shooting uh, yeah well what was weird was that like it also intercuts like shots of hugo like he has a gun and he kills a what i guess a dove or something
0: i think it shows earlier the two of them during their montage were like like quail shooting like skeet shooting but with birds like living birds they keep showing her shooting these white doves and then when Hugh goes away and Dor- Dorgo starts hunting this woman, like there's a long scene where she's being chased through the garden where the camera keeps like aiming up her dress, which was weird. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a well, very exploitative, very trashy scene, but yeah. the editing and it was like shot in slow motion edited really, really dreamlike almost. I got like kind of a Kubrick maze vibe from it a bit. Uh And, and then they start, Cutting in the Hugo with the gun shooting a bird stuff, it felt something like Death of Innocence or something like that.
3: Yeah, it was just it was weird because they kind of cut back to Hugo doing it when we know he's doing something else currently. Um, yeah, and, I, I, and I don't just... think it's literal.
0: I think it, it was supposed to be like something in Hugo died that day, and they just like chopped up the footage in order to really hit that emotional point home. Like I said, I, 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 Eric, did you get anything out of that that whole he, sequence? Uh, it was
2: my favorite. I mean. Well, now it's going to sound creepy because you said they, they shot it from upper dress all the <laughs> time. But, but they be, did. Besides that, it, was, it, was, it was just cool. It was all slow motion. He had like garden shears and he had this weird grin on his face. They slowed everything down. The soundtrack got totally different. It, like, um, it almost sounded like distorted voices or chanting or something. Um, it was great. I don't know. I just really thought that was probably one of the best scenes in the movie. It felt like a horror movie, I guess, is why I liked it. Whereas the rest of the movie does not feel like a horror movie. But all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm watching a horror movie, finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would,
0: would, that, would that whole sequence not feel right at home in like a fire walk with me, kind of a, like David Lynch, oh, yeah. Experimental, yeah. experimental violence. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a lot of symbolism and stuff like that going on. Really cool. That's a good sequence. If, if you're going to watch this movie, watch like the opening 10 minutes and then watch that scene. Done and done.
3: Yeah, it was a it was a really really cool scene. Um, uh, it it did establish some character for Hugo. Um, I don't think it really knocked it out of the park with um, revealing too much about him. I mean, I guess in a sense, he's now found what I be- believed at the time was that he now found a new love in in mom, in the mom character. Um, because he seems obsessed with her Mm. uh, more, more so than the other women. Yeah.
0: And the daughter too. They, they show a lot of strange footage of him, like thinking about the daughter and thinking about cats.
3: Yeah. And Eric mentioned earlier, um, again, I don't, I don't know where it happens in the movie, but he does like, uh, from his helicopter, he drops a doll on a string or whatever, and down to the little girl and she takes it and, yeah, he, pa- he flies away. Yeah, he
2: parachutes it her. They're oh, is that weird- what it is? Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Um, yeah, the first time, not this time because I'd already seen it, but the first time we saw it, I should we should mention that we saw this all at one of the X-Fests. Um, no,
3: we didn't. Oh, we didn't? Oh, They showed it the year before we started going. Oh,
2: okay. Ah, who knows. I thought we saw it together. Did we watch it together?
3: I think we watched it together. Okay. But...
0: You know, Eric, I think I have the same... Memory, because I think Greg has caught me on that too. I think I thought I also remembered seeing it at Xbox, but yeah, I think we watched it the three of us together.
2: Okay, all right. Um, I just remember what the first time wherever it was that I thought I was like, just don't go after the kid, you know. And I, I was happy that that didn't didn't work out.
0: I, I just had a troubling thought that I want I want to float your guys away. Um, one. We Can we, we cross the Rubicon and say like, hey, content warning, content warning. We're discussing movies and movies are art. Uh Could the cat be vagina? <laughs> and could the shots of the little girl and the shots of the cats be like him wanting to have sex with a little girl?
3: See, I didn't get that. Hmm. I, I just it, it didn't. It doesn't make sense for his character. I, he, I mean, he's a
0: monster who is he does like all the serial killer things at once. Like he's a crazy person and maybe that's like the the one like border he hasn't crossed or something like fucked up and weird like that. I don't know. Just run out that, that that just occurred to me. Like if you were to think of the cats as being like notches in his bedpost, like Night of a Thousand Cats would be like a Playboy sleeps with a thousand women kind of a thing. And it makes sense that after having sex with women um, after having sex with women, he like throws them into the cage too, and like by consuming the women, there it's just it's all about his ego and building that up and then he keeps the heads. It's like trophies and memory. Um, it just makes me wonder if, if that whole... Because it is frequent throughout the whole thing that he keeps showing the little girl, keep showing the cats. There's even that one moment where I think the doll that he throws down on the lawn, it shows a cat like eating meat out of the inside of its head.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, they do show that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. All right. I right, I'm to chew on that for a bit. That might be too much.
2: Yeah. I thought he was using like he was manipulating the lady by using the girl, but... Totally. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know.
3: Because uh, at one point, he does, like, fly over the pool again, and um, the the mom isn't there, and the little girl is, and he takes her for a helicopter ride. And seemingly doesn't do anything bad. Because she comes back safely. You know, the mom didn't know, so she's yelling for her, but um, he does return her unharmed, as far as we know. Right, yeah. So he had an opportunity right and didn't didn't do anything right and he doesn't seem to not like yeah. give he, he doesn't shy away from opportunities
0: i mean he literally flew her over his castle like they definitely leaned into the tension of wow is he going to feed this little girl to the cats
3: yeah oh,
0: but then he doesn't oh and yeah.
2: when he returns her the mom's like all panicked like i think that's when she first says her name like kathy she's calling for her and then she sees the helicopter and she's like, oh, she just went for a helicopter <laughs> ride with Hugo. Like, she's totally cool with it again. And he just kind of drops I'm her sorry. off. Right?
0: I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. It's not only that she's, like, relieved to have her daughter back. She's also happy that her daughter got to spend time with her friend in the helicopter. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's even more opposite of what a natural response would be.
3: If I remember correctly, it also it feels like the end of, like, a Mentos commercial. Where like her 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 face is just like oh that's what you did you're right. fine that's right yeah. so yeah we'll we'll move on um because man there's a lot of things I want to talk about I don't know where dogs. we're at where um, are we at so uh he he just had the flashback and now he he's banging golf girl again mm-hmm. um and she seems scared she's like uh, it's like quick cuts of all the different heads on the wall like the animal heads and she's looking around and she seems scared and then. Hugo wakes up and I think that was all a dream. Like maybe he thinks he's, he's getting caught or something. Um, but then is this before or after the, I have a headache. Mean? This is right before. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Because he, he wakes up with another girl. He wakes up with the penthouse girl and he kind of goes to the couch and I think he's at her penthouse and she asks him like, what's wrong? And he says he has a headache. Um, it's it's very confusing because this is the scene where oh i love this it scene. cuts from the different cut co- like it's all seems like the same conversation that he's having yes. with the three different women in three different situations yep. um and it was a little hard to follow when i didn't realize oh these are all the same woman or all different women
2: i thought it was the same person i was so yeah. confused
3: yeah. Were are they with the same I'm pretty sure they I thought they were with the same person. I'm actually no, they're all with right different now. women. Are because they? At, at one okay. point he is talking to Golf Girl. Golf Girl has the the most unique face of the three, and I could pick her out. She had more of like a stronger jaw.
0: Okay. I, I remember one for her eyebrows. She had like really thin long eyebrows.
3: I think that's Penthouse Girl. The one okay. in the when they're in the pool and she says uh, like the phone rings or something like that and she says
1: I'm sorry. I have to see the guy who pays for all this. Please lock the door when you leave and call me some other day.
3: So that, there's two things that happen in that short scene, which I think speaks to um, uh, Hugo's character. So one, she is leaving for a, another man, like to go meet another man who's richer than he is. Mm. So he true uh, doesn't have that kind of power over her because she already has somebody more significant in that area than him. Also, the second kind of thing I I found interesting was that she had a white cat that was walking by the pool and he just grabs it and drowns it in the pool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then that, yeah, there's something that happens later. That's very similar. Yep.
0: The and that, that was another like totally, Awful moment of animal abuse. Yes. that was rough to watch too.
2: Thank you for calling that out, Dan. We're just all gloss over yeah. it, like yeah, he drives. A cat <laughs> oh yeah,
0: kid. then he drives a cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he uh, he has
2: this line: all things, things have a beginning, beginning and an ending, and nothing, and nothing can change that, that. Life, life ends in death. death. Like it's like this weird philosophical moment where he's swimming in a pool with giant, oversized sunglasses. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I love that line. It's
0: it's really good. Yeah. What's that Um, one? What's the Jim Jarmusch vampire movie? Ah, What was that one called? Only lovers left alive. Uh, That reminds me of a line of dialogue that would be in that
2: movie.
0: Totally. Like (laughs) utterly depressed, uh, longing, (laughs) philosophical, beautiful, rich people. Right. Right. Yeah.
3: I haven't watched that yet.
0: No, it's very good. I love it. Yeah. It's. I think it's my favorite Jarmusch movie.
2: He uh, is the cat that he throws over the wall. uh, Sorry to. Yes, them. it is. It's also a white cat, right?
0: I think it's the same cat. Yeah. I think they had a stunt cat. Yeah, they had
2: a cat that they just like abused the whole time.
0: You can tell because if you look at its eyes, they're bloodshot and terrified. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, but I do think from that moment where the girl says, you know, I'm leaving because I'm going to go meet up with a richer guy. Um, it, it's you kind of start seeing Hugo crumbling or at least his his idea of himself starts to crumble. Because the next scene, um, he's again playing chess with Dorgo, uh, but Dorgo beats him. Which um, apparently doesn't sit too well with Hugo because it cuts to him just throwing Dorgo into the, the pen of cats. Mm-hmm. Um, so even his most trusted and beloved uh, wizard butler, uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't Cunit? let anything slide.
0: Oh, poor Dorgo. Just all because that's the end of his little arc. His little arc is like he goes from keeping us from murdering his friends, his boss's girlfriend, to keeping a scarf, to keeping a stethoscope, which is slightly smarter than a scarf, to <laughs> winning a game of chess, to uh, being murdered. Oh, all right, think Dork of that. Yeah,
2: maybe he's just getting smarter the whole time.
0: I think he did. He's a little arc. Oh, poor Dorgo.
2: Man, when he kills him, it is quick. Like he knocks over these like checkmate and then they just immediately cut to him being slow motion thrown into the cats. It's yeah. edited like a comedy shot. Yeah, there. I laughed at, yeah. It, it,
0: it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it is pretty funny. <laughs> it doesn't do Dorga any justice,
3: but it is It's objectively, it's pretty funny. It's a pretty good joke. So after that, we, um, and Eric, I think you mentioned the scuba scene. I think this is the scuba scene coming up here. Oh. And I think that's with, penthouse girl
1: yeah but but
2: before that i'm sorry this is probably totally inconsequential to the plot at all but he does there's more this is like the 17th time for helicopter creeping but the dad's back and i just thought it was interesting because the helicopter is super low again the dad's by the pool and he's totally cool with it he's just like smoking a cigar (laughs) reading a paper he's like waving to hugo like oh there's a helicopter in my backyard uh well
3: that's like when I was growing up, um, there would be hot air balloons kind of flying around. And everybody uh, would just yes. go watch the hot air balloons in, in just random people's backyards. Yeah. Because it was the best view. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if, if it was one time where a helicopter kind of came down and was uncomfortably close to my pool, maybe I would think like, oh, that's really neat to see a helicopter. Because um, I assume this is the first time that the husband has seen that.
2: What if the hot, uh, the hot air balloon was dropping dolls from parachutes? and ladders and doing sign language phone numbers
3: <laughs> to your wife and daughter. <laughs> right. Right. If I was his husband, I hadn't seen it yet. Greg, I, you hit the nail on the
0: head. I, I was trying to figure out how to say yeah, they don't have the right response. They all respond to him like a hot air balloon. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. I like you're totally right. Yeah, I do like that. But he's not. He's the opposite. He's really loud and all their shits like that scene where the dad's just like, oh, chomping on a cigar and waving at him like the fucking newspaper in his hand looks like it's about to get torn off at his knuckles, like all his shit's blowing everywhere. And the dad's just like, oh, I don't mind this at all. It's so it's it's absurd. I yeah. love it.
3: Yeah. And uh, yeah, the scuba diving scene, Um, they kind of come out of the water and uh, I think it's, yeah, it's either penthouse girl or, or mom. Um, but she ultimately kind of cut herself a little bit on, on the wait, coral,
0: I think wait, she we, said. Can we just mention that that scene you just said they come up out of the water. That's like a six-minute scene where all they do is come out of the water, walk up the beach, and sit down. Maybe not six. Maybe it's four minutes. I'm not exaggerating. I think yeah. it's four minutes long of just watching these two walk up the beach and then sit down in the sand.
3: It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 a pivotal scene because she did cut herself and she has a little bit of blood, and Hugo sees it, and you can kind of see it in his eyes that it's reawakening a need, mm. um, because uh, he he basically I think he gets a headache, and maybe actually actually maybe it was Penthouse Girl that because uh, she asks like oh are you getting that headache again, and uh, th- I mean again it doesn't matter who it is, um, but he he basically says like oh there's I have something I, I need to finish or, or, you know, something like that. Um, and then it kind of cuts to, um, a boat trip with golf girl and he, uh, he, he's on a boat with her and and they kind of go to, um, the middle of a lake or whatever. And he's like, Oh, this is the perfect spot. And she's like, I'm, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I want to go home.
1: How did you stop? This is the place. Let's go back. It's getting late. It's already too late. I found the right
3: piece for my collection. And uh he's like, "Well, oh, I have I've have something I have to do." And she notices what is it? Like a spear or something just sitting right next to him. Yeah. And uh so she freaks out knowing, you know, what assuming what he's going to do, and she jumps out of the boat and and swims away and and gets to land and he just there, when she jumps out of the boat, he grabs the spear and actually just chucks it at her. Yeah, um, it comes close. That, yeah, it was pretty close. I mean, we're seeing it from a distance, so it's quite possible that it was not that close. But it it looks dangerous. Um, but she's swimming, and instead of him just jumping out of the boat and swimming after her, he like turns the engine on, slowly turns the boat. Um, like, and he's he's rushing. Just this boat does not turn. It hits a log, and it, like it's. I, I, don't, I thought it was really funny um, watching him, um, but he does end up just chasing her through the woods. Um, That's he... the scene I was thinking about. Those shots of him running through the woods. If you just go
0: back and watch that scene and just imagine your head like Jaguar sounds. Jaguar? Jaguar? How do you say that word? Jaguar? Jaguar? Imagine Jag- Jaguar sounds. Jaguar. Jag- imagine Kukuar sounds like over the footage of him running shirtless through the jungle, chasing after prey. It's totally shot like a, like a, a nature documentary. Again, I feel like they're making him like a cat mm. for no reason. Nice. That's
3: another cat scene. Yeah. Yeah, but he does catch her. He catches her in the water. Um, and this is like, this is the violent scene of the movie that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, where he, he, he grabs her by the neck. He's choking her. He's slamming her in the water. Um, Uh, has her under for a little bit. She kind of comes back up. He's still choking her and it's just up and down for, for a few times. Then ultimately he drowns her. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty intensely violent scene.
2: Yeah. So this calls back to the, him drowning the the cat in the pool. White cat. Um, the one thing I want to mention was, so after diving, uh, he says, you have that head pain again. Right. And then after Mm -hmm. that one lovemaking scene, he's he's like, I have a headache. Well, that 10 minutes that was cut out um, in the beginning was a boat cruise with a psychiatrist. And there's a little bit of a backstory where he's basically he's crazy and he spent some time in a mental institution. And he ends up killing the psychiatrist in like another chase sequence. So uh, there's that that was cut out entirely. So. Wow, not that it adds anything like yeah, he's obviously he's crazy he
0: well that just know. it adds another bullet to the list i'm I'm writing down right now we we'll we'll talk about hugo later okay uh, i, I just, we should just list all the all the quirks in this character this is absurd this that's like the fourth time I've said that this is absurd
2: this is this is completely off uh topic here, but there's also a lot of weird random shots of the sun. Where I don't think like uh, the director knew how to transition, so he just zoomed into the sun. Did you guys notice this?
0: No, I didn't. But now that you say it, I do remember a lot of those. Like a, a shot starts on the sun and then it pans down quick. Yeah, he just was
2: like, I don't know how to go to the next scene. I'm just blasting the sun.
3: Yeah, after he uh, after he kills Golf Girl, um, oh, this which is actually.
0: Uh, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt Greg one more time. This death scene had me legitimately concerned for the actress. I said that earlier, but oh my god, <laughs> it it was it was violent. All right, great. Carry on.
3: No, no, it's it's it was it was violent. It was a rough scene. Yeah, um, it's hard to watch. But it actually is partially juxtaposed because actually, right after the the murder of Golf Girl is where he takes the girl on the helicopter ride, the little girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's showing him at his worst and what Ooh. I assume is possibly his best. That's but a good also point. now you're concerned because oh, he just murdered somebody. Is he going to murder this girl? Mm.
0: It was like an escalation of threat. You're right. And then they put him in a helicopter with a little girl.
3: Nice. Like, how old do you think she was? Seven, eight? I, probably around that. Yeah. I would guess. Um, but yeah, it was uh, uh, knowing where the scene, the helicopter with the little girl scene falls, um, does kind of change my thought on it. Because, yeah, now, yeah, like you said, it's now there's concern. So. Um, but ultimately, States. yeah, nothing happens. He brings her back safe. The mom is, is totally fine with what happened. Um, and then I, I'm not really sure how it happened, uh, but he he's now back at his castle estate with the mom. And I guess maybe they had dinner already or whatever. I don't think they really showed it, um, but he says,
1: I'm going to show you something wonderful my collection. And there's only one person in the world who knows of it. Only one person? Yes. I thought you told me the other night that uh, two people knew about it. That's true. There were two people who knew of it, Dorgo and myself. But now he's part of my collection.
3: It's interesting that he kind of didn't have a problem with killing Dorgo. That is just like, well, this was just one other thing that I had to take care of. Um, but he does show her the glass heads or the, the heads in the glass cases. And uh, she she gets scared. She's freaking out. She throws a glass, one of the big wine glasses, mm-hmm. um, at, at Hugo's face, cutting him. So he's now got a, a bloody wound on his face. Um,
2: Sorry, that shot was awesome. Cheap. Smash the glass against the camera lens,
3: yeah, it was and then great. they
2: cut immediately to him with his blood down. The, like that was another, actually, like pretty cool shot for real. <laughs> you know,
3: I, I think that they talked about ahead of time. Like, we have all these giant glasses. <laughs> How are we going to use this? Right, um, and when they're big enough that you can shoot anything through it, this glasses had a
0: little arc like Dorgo. They're on a boat. They're in the kitchen. <laughs> they get got smashed on a camera. Poor Dorgo.
3: Yeah. Oh, poor, Dor- <laughs> poor Dorgo. Poor <laughs> Dorgo. Yeah. He's the one that we're concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> right. I um, have a
0: thousand tears for
3: Dorgo. Yeah, she, uh, she breaks the glass against his face and runs. Um, she ends up grabbing... I'm not sure what it was, if it's a fireplace poker or some sort of spear from a statue or, or something, but she ends up throwing it at him, missing, and it hits the fence of the cat pen, um, breaking a hole in the fence. Um, there's a chase scene through the house where Hugo's chasing Mom, and uh, the cats escape and ultimately end up attacking Hugo. I mean, I think they were trying to attack both of them, but she was behind a big chair and was kind of blocking them and, and pushing him away, but you just see cats flying out everywhere in this scene um i laugh because it's funny i don't condone animals like just throwing <laughs> animals at people it is um, funny. but just seeing it is ridiculous clearly um, there's
0: somebody off camera with an armful of cats just hucking them at the stars on camera
3: yeah I, I my guess is that in the movie the cats were going after hugo because he's bleeding now he's wounded mm-hmm. yeah 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 um okay so
0: blood on the water it's jaws again
3: <laughs> there you go um so yeah the cats are are attacking Hugo mom uh makes her way out the door uh the, the big main front door she had to lift off the big uh wood that's holding it down like holding it locked she has to find the key to unlock it it's a very tense scene cuz the cats are coming you hear the cats <laughs> coming you see them running down the stairs uh but she does get out before the cats get there she shuts the door somehow the cats do end up opening the door at one point but it doesn't matter cuz she's already in her car and is driving away. Um, and the the kind of final shot of the movie. Uh, because that's, that's the end of the movie right there. So, like, the cats attack Hugo. Uh, and she escapes. Um, but the the scene, uh, the final scene, starts on, like, the first glass. The uh, first head in, in one of the containers. And just kind of pans over to uh, pass all the different heads that we've seen through the movie. The doctor's head. You kind of um, see the whole movie, like, replay again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. Just through all the heads. Just yeah. through heads. Um, but it cuts, uh, ends on a empty container, which would have been for mom. Um, but you, you see through it the cats attacking Hugo, and his head is kind of just framed in the center of that glass container. Basically, he's his own last victim. Chef's I kiss. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that... Um, that was Night of a Thousand Cats. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I hope I hope and assume that you've maybe heard of this movie at some point because it has become more known in the uh the the horror circuit uh or you know whatever um but it is 63 minutes um of of helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta re- it's a it's a lot of yeah, good.
2: It was really like you got to really like helicopters. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of interesting movie or ideas in this movie, and uh, none of them pay off. It's so frustrating. Uh, so Hugo, thank you for watching the extended thing. So we know that. Uh, just tell me if I'm missing anything. Uh, formerly, uh, going through treatment in an asylum, so he's mental problems. Um, he's a cannibal. It seems to be that he's in. Im- impulsively a cannibal because isn't that kind of how you read the headache thing that like he needs
3: to eat meat or something Mm -hmm. i mean that's what i took from Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. or that he he needed to kill like he needed to satiate his bloodlust something in the yeah
0: something in like the there's a lot of venn diagrams converging with hugo in the middle so like yeah there's definitely an impulsivity to it with the headaches um, he's a, like, thrill-seeking killer because he, like, sets up, like, taking the girl out to the island and chasing her was risky, but he got something out of it. Um, he's a ritualistic killer because he clearly has a ritual for wooing them, taking them home, feeding them, and then doing his nasty deeds to them. Mm-hmm. He's also a sexual killer because he fucks most of his victims. mm mm-hmm. Wow, am I am I missing anything? How many more? The
2: wine glasses.
0: He's a wine he likes glass kind of glasses. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Helicopter enthusiast.
0: <laughs> he's, he's, there are some good things about him. <laughs> he's good with kids. <laughs> I don't know. He, I just I, I can't think of any more quirks to give him. I can't think of anything else they could have added into that whole thing. And none of those things, none of those ingredients combine ever. All of those things are separate. In one scene, he's a cannibal. In another scene, he's an impulsive killer. In another scene, he's a ritual killer. In another scene, he's fucking somebody. Like, it it never puts them all together, and it's so frustrating. Is there anything else that I'm missing?
3: He's also a little bit uh, rude. Uh, in the first dinner scene, um, he, like, is standing behind the chair of, of his date. And she sits down, but he doesn't even push the chair in at all. She's just sitting on the, like, very edge of the chair. I thought that was funny, because um, he just doesn't give a shit.
0: He definitely is, has, like, a superiority thing going on, for sure.
3: He's worried about manners out of the whole thing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Listen, if you're going to own a, a large, crumbling estate, you should have some manners.
2: That's right. Well, he has a butler, so.
3: A very well-trained butler. One thing about uh Hugo and and your cat theory, if I can remember it right. So like cats Oh, Hugo is a cat. Yeah. Yeah, so like cats um instinctively just hunt. Like yes. they hunt to kill and they toy with their prey too. Yeah, which is I guess what he's doing, you know. Yes. He's he's yeah. stalking, he's like cats will stalk. Um they he he just kills for fun or to just well, he also kills for food, because he like eats what, them.
0: He describes his family as having a bunch of collections. Do you think Hugo has two collections with the heads and the cats, or do you think the cats are like family to him that he feeds, as he like he hunts and he eats because he's a cat, and so he also feeds his kids as cats, and the collection that he has are the heads. Oh so know. So like the, did the they cats just, are a non sequitur at that. Did point. they
2: just come with the house? I mean, <laughs> I mean, just, uh, just like they're Dorgo's
0: cats. Yeah.
2: If if he turned into an actual cat at the end of the movie, I'd have more respect for it. You know, it. I would love that. Transforms. I'd be like, okay. Yeah.
3: But he doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. It, it, it leaves us without that.
0: Um, so so on that note of of dissatisfaction, <laughs> uh, I guess I I can go first this time for the number of stabs. For the ratings. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll throw it to myself and say five stabs. I think, it's, I, I think it, it's fun enough to watch one time, drunk with friends. I have very fond memories of watching it with you guys, and I have enjoyed this conversation immensely, and I don't plan on ever watching this movie again. I think like three or four times around this horse, and I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I saw it. Don't need to see it again. So
3: like five. Mediocre.
2: Go ahead, Greg, why don't you go next?
3: Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, just like Dan, I I remembered this movie being better than it was. And when I say better, I at least mean more fun. Um but I think because the first time you watch it, you're like, All he's doing is flying around in a helicopter for three quarters of this movie. Um, none of this matters. Um, and that's it's it's interesting the choices that are made um, the first time you watch it. Watching it now for the <laughs> yeah. fourth or fifth time, it's like 90% of this movie is a waste of time. It never gets to a point where anything that really happens connects with other things. Um, the Maybe the seven-minute flashback scene was uh, really well done and maybe worth watching for um just to get some sort of character out of hugo um but yeah overall uh i'm gonna go an eric root and i'm gonna give it a four and a half Hmm. i still would watch this i still would watch this if i haven't seen it before you know like i do think it is worth watching one time like dan said especially if you're with friends um just this is a good party movie because it's fast you don't really need to pay all that much attention to it and um it, it it gives you enough to have fun with, but watching it as a movie, it's just not really there. Eric, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I'd I'd give it probably like around a three and a half. Uh, I think it's a party movie. I think if you're hanging out with your friends, it's fun. If you watch it by yourself more than once, it's probably not worth it. I don't need to revisit again for quite some time uh i don't know watch it for the bizarro acting the insane transitions the helicopter footage if you like all that stuff maybe i i I don't know uh it's not that good (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think it's fun in a group setting is what i'd say it's fun to talk about yeah i I, I think talking about about it was better than the actual movie Yeah, I think so. And it's light on all the things you'd expect from a movie with this title. Like you'd think it would be, you know, have an amped up core factor or have some craziness going on. But yeah, I don't know. Didn't Didn't do it for me.
0: The party movie thing, I think, is definitely helped by the fact that there are large sections of just helicopter noise and jazz where everybody can just talk and ignore the movie. I think well, the, yeah. the best and part it, of this movie is it lets you ignore it for 20 minutes at a time.
3: And the fact that there's next to no dialogue in this entire movie. Like, no. <laughs> uh, I have no Perfect idea how I'm going to edit this because there's no dialogue. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it it's, it's fun. Like I through. said, it's fun to watch, um, to just see the decisions that are made. And, and you never expect anything that happens in this movie because the marketing of this movie... Sh- Portrays it to be something else. I really like how you put it, Greg, when you said that it make it's a movie that makes
0: really interesting choices the first time you watch it. That's, I think that's <laughs> right. that's exactly right. There's a like I feel like M Night Shyamalan falls into that category. There are a couple people like that. There, yeah, interesting choices one time. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: Having just watched Interarea, I think there is a lot of uh, parallels to what we already watched. You know, with this For director, sure. a lot of travelog, vacation footage. You know, a lot of 70s free love.
0: Tintorero is a few years later, so I feel like maybe this was practice to get to there, which was worth it. Tintorero is great. Yeah. Watch Tintorero
3: instead.
2: I like Tintorero. It's 10
3: years later, isn't there? Like, uh, uh, Tintorero is what, 81? Uh, wasn't it? I think so. It was after Jaws, which was seventy five.
2: Yeah, I think Tintarella was like seventy seven or something, and this was okay. like seventy two or something like that. Well, but yeah.
0: Well, l- let's let's wrap up this podcast yeah, yeah. before we start talking about Tintarella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, thank you all for listening so much. We really, really appreciate it. If you listen all this way, really, I like I don't know why you're listening. So, if you're listening, it's because you like us, and we like you too. I hope I hope you understand that. Do you guys want to thank the listeners? Thank you. Th- thanks, listeners. <laughs> thank, thanks. thanks, people. Thank you. We love you. Um, you can find me on Twitch at uh, Burgertown Breakroom.
3: I play games there sometimes. Uh, Greg, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, at Mal lupo M A L underscore uh, L U P O. You can actually also follow the podcast um, on Instagram at StabbyPod, um, where I'll be posting stuff um, as well. Hey Eric, what about you?
2: Uh, EricHookinson dot com. That's that's it. <laughs>
0: Awesome. We'll uh, we'll catch you guys again in uh, two weeks. Actually, I think a, a week from now, we'll drop a little uh, preview episode where you'll hear us uh, chit-chat for a little bit to figure out what our next movie is going to be so that maybe uh, you, the listener, can find a copy of the movie, legally or illegally, however you prefer to function, and uh, watch it, and then listen along with us for our next episode. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, thanks for listening, and take care of yourselves.